You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey everyone, welcome to a bonus edition, episode 153 of the Canadians Connection podcast. This is the show you've been waiting for, the decision on the Yesperi Kakinami offer sheet. But first, a word from our sponsor. Football's right around the corner. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any Week 1 game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook isn't yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. And for Week 1, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at a million-dollar top prize. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. And get a free shot at a million-dollar top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restriction supply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Well, hello, Habs fans. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. We're here. We're back a little sooner than you probably uh, anticipated, but we'll get to that in a moment. Welcome to uh, this bonus episode edition of uh, episode 153 of the Canadians Connection podcast. And you heard it right off the top uh, there when uh, Rick Stevens first said hello to you. We're talking today about the aftermath of the Canadians not matching uh, the Carolina offer sheet on Yasperi Kakanyemi. So we are glad to be here with you today. Uh, I am your host, Amy Johnson, and I'm joined, of course, uh, in the studio by the one and only Rick Stevens, the founder and editor-in-chief here at Rocket Sports Media and allhams.net. 
How are you doing? <laughs> this is such a big issue that it's taken two podcasts to cover. So, um, yeah, this is fun. We had uh, Chris G in the in the host chair earlier, and uh, Amy, you're back here uh, for this uh, bonus episode, this uh, supplement to episode 153, a bit of bonus content for our uh, subscribers and listeners. Mm, well, uh, well deserving of a bonus episode this weekend. Mm-hmm. All sorts of drama uh, as uh, hockey folks sat diligently refreshing Twitter over and over and over again all day long on the Saturday of a long holiday weekend, uh, only to wait until the 11th hour for Mark Bergevin and the Montreal Canadiens to finally announce, eh, no, we're going to let Jesperi Kakinemi go. Um so what we're going to do today, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, we're going to give you our reaction to that decision, uh, talk a little bit about the, uh, you know, a lot of the different conversations that are swirling around uh, the player and the decision and Carolina and so on and so forth. Talk a little bit about the pros and cons of of this decision that's been made. Uh, and then, of course, talk about what Mark Bergevin then did right after that, which was go out and make a trade with Arizona for Christian Dvorak. So um, we're going to get you all caught up in all of the drama that happened in Absland yesterday. For sure. And uh, cover it from all angles. And, and certainly we... We started that process uh, with episode 153, mm-hmm. uh, covering um, the the lead up uh, all week, uh, the 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 different um, oh the the different opinions of, of the fan base of of the media uh, of hockey pundits, and then um, the decision today, and and it it was wild. I, I guess Mark Bergevin didn't have. Uh, any plans for his holiday weekend? So he wanted uh, mm. he wanted us to join him, um, <laughs> monitoring monitoring social media, monitoring the the uh, uh, the Canadians uh, media channels, and and uh, and then um, the the announcement wasn't made um, simultaneously. We had to wait a little bit more uh, for the Canadians acquisition. That we did. Uh, we waited. And we waited and we waited. And let's, I, I, I'm sorry, but let's be honest here. Uh, this is the second offer sheet situation now in the last two years that Mark Bergevin has lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I disagree with me if you, if, you, if you like, if you think that this was, a, if this was a smart move by Mark Bergevin, you're certainly entitled to that opinion. I say this is the second offer sheet that he has lost in the last two years. And he also loses the petty trolling war because if he really thought that making Carolina wait until the 11th hour today at the very last minute um, was anything close to the uh, just absolute epically fantastic troll job that Carolina has done for the last week and quite frankly continues to do today he didn't even come close Um, it's uh, Rick you know it's it's really I, I'm of two minds of this, and I even said this to our our team on our Slack channel today that you know this really is for Yasperi Kakinyemi. This is the best outcome for him. Uh, you know he gets a big paycheck, which he was going to get now either way. 
But he gets the big paycheck. He gets a fresh start. He gets a team that obviously wants him, obviously respects him. Um, you know, Waddell said today they've they've wanted him since since he was drafted. They've been looking at him since since he was drafted. Uh, that they feel that he has a high ceiling at only 21. Um, so he's obviously going to a place where he's going to be supported. Hopefully, be put into positions where he can succeed and start to actually catch up on his development. Um, and so, and he will be away from the uh, over overly scrutinous media and fan base in Montreal. Which, let's be honest, if if Mark Bergevin had matched this offer sheet. Uh, life would have been hell for Jesperi Kotkin. Outside of the dressing room itself, life would have been hell for Jesperi Kotkinemi uh, for the next season in Montreal between the media and the fan base. So, um, I think you and I are probably both in agreement that that this this works out the best for Kotkinemi for the player for sure. Uh, no question there. Uh, this is in his best interests. Um, he's going to uh, uh, um, an organization. Well, the Carolina Hurricanes are certainly. Um, more of a contender uh, for the 2022 Cup than the Montreal Canadiens are. I, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Um, they have a very good coach in, in Rod Brindamore. Um, the Canadians have a, a very inexperienced head coach. Um, so this will be, and, and Rod Brindamore has, uh, has proven that, that he uh, can can uh, motivate players, but he is very good with young players, with their young prospects. Uh, there's a cadre of Finns there that he'll fit uh, well in with. I think it's a it's a it's a perfect move uh, for Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Uh, it's unfortunate that it has to be that way. Yeah. It's unfortunate that yet another uh, first round pick is driven out of Montreal by this uh, 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 by the Mark Bergevin. Um, uh, regime. Um, mm-hmm. It goes back to 2012 and Alex Galchenyuk, 2013 Mike McCarron, uh, Nikita Sherback in 2014, Noah Julson 2015, Mikhail Sergachev traded uh, in at 20 uh, was uh, drafted in 2016 and subsequently traded, um, and and now just Ryan Paling uh, left of that group. And uh, let's hope that he gets a, a fair opportunity to earn a spot in the lineup this year and, and that he's not going to be the next one that the media attack and the, the coaching staff and the GM uh, publicly humiliate uh, as they've done with some of those others. And, and with Kotkiniemi, it was not putting him in a position to succeed, uh, not giving him the line mates, not giving him the support, not, putting him, not uh, defining his role on the team. Um, and listen, we let's let's be honest. Uh, the reason that uh, the Montreal media was all over Jesperi Kakinyemi uh, throughout his time in Montreal was because they were protecting Phil Deneau. Jesperi Kakinyemi was the greatest threat to Phil Deneau. The media thought that uh, yes, they saw that there was no stopping Nick Suzuki. He was he was the heir apparent for the one C position. They thought that that they could protect Phil Deneau and he could manage that second C and, and Kakinami was a threat to it. So they attacked him at every opportunity. Now it seems silly given that um, uh, Phil Deneau followed the money and went off to LA. Um, but there it is. Uh, now and he's going to make less money than KK. <laughs> <laughs> and he is. 
Um, uh, but here's a here's a player that, as you said, uh, Carolina has targeted. Um, you know, just uh, it was reported uh, that uh, Carolina first before the hostile offer sheet had tried to to trade for him um, and couldn't come up with a deal uh, with Mark Bergevin. At the same time, Mark Bergevin was lowballing uh, Kakenyemi in the contract negotiations somewhere between two point two and two point five million dollars. And those negotiations dragging on and on and on opened the door uh, to Carolina to swoop in and, um, and, and grab someone with a really high ceiling, really high potential uh, that uh, they've been coveting for a while and want to add to their young core. I even tweeted this afternoon after, after all of this went down, uh, you know, Mikhail Sergachev has proven with his two Stanley Cup rings uh, time and again uh, that Mark Bergevin made a gigantic mistake trading him away, uh, particularly when the return was Jonathan Drouin. And I truly believe that uh, Bergevin letting Kakenyemi get away uh, in, in this fashion is also going to come back to haunt this general manager. Of course, I had every Every antagonistic uh, Twitter person out there is, well, but you're not comparing trades. You have to compare. I, I, I'm not comparing trades. I'm, I'm talking about the fact that this manager consistently makes bad decisions. And this is just one more chapter in the book of Mark Bergevin, Bad Decisions. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's another footnote in a summer of disasters, which he's authored every step of the way. And I think there are more coming, Rick. You know, you talked about you're hoping that Ryan Paling isn't the next one that 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 the media or the fans go, go after in a negative way. Um, I fear for that as well. This is the year that I've said this multiple times, both on this show and on the press on. This is the year Ryan Paling makes, makes it to the NHL. I truly firmly believe that he he proved himself at the AHL level last year. Now, particularly with Kakenyemi, exiting the organization, it sets up a Ryan Paling at 4C in a very, very firm manner. Um, but we all know Jonathan Duran has already been out there saying, oh, well, I can play center this year. And I guarantee you, if the Canadians decide to go down that path, and we'll talk about this more on, on future episodes, but just to your point, if the Canadians, God forbid, decide to go down that path and do a Duran at center experiment, they will see Ryan Paling as the threat to Jonathan Drouin, and they'll go after him like they went after Kotkaniemi. So let's hope that that doesn't happen. But you see, you know, the fan base, um, there's so many fans. I- I'm, ba- I'm boggled. Uh, I'm mind boggled by, by this fan base sometimes. You know, you watch social media today, and Kotkaniemi has always been the Oh, he's adorable. Oh, he's oh that the big goofy smile and the oh it's pretty mint and his him and Mete's relationship and and how much fans adored him and and you see all of that and now suddenly it's goodbye good riddance. Um, expect him to be heavily booed when he comes back to the Bell Center. Uh, I will forever root against Yasperi Kotkaniemi. He deserves whatever fate tanking in Carolina will bring him. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. And I say, well, for what? For standing up for himself? For taking a a $4 million raise when it was offered to him? For saying, hey, I'm tired of being disrespected. Um, 
you know, you guys benched me to begin the playoffs. You benched me to end the playoffs for no reason whatsoever. Um, what, what Anyone who says Jesperi Kakanyemi is to blame for signing an offer sheet with an organization that said, hey, we really want you and we really think that you have a lot of upside. I mean... Maybe if the Habs had treated him with a little bit of respect and a little bit of recognition and worked with him on his development and put him in positions to succeed where he felt supported and felt that he had the team's confidence in being a third overall pick, then maybe he would have looked the other way when Carolina came calling with an offer sheet. Maybe he would have been willing to take Mark Bergevin's lowball two point whatever million dollar offer for his extension. But the fact of the matter is Mark Bergevin created this mess and he's left to clean it up. Well, and, and, and this isn't just a recent occurrence. We remember when he was uh, demoted to uh, Laval, um, he, he didn't, he didn't get called. Um, He didn't, he went, he went in for normal practice um, and uh, didn't get a sit down with the head coach. Um, You know, didn't say, Oh, don't, don't bother coming. He was left to find out uh, from a teammate, I believe, uh, that he had been uh, uh, sent to Laval. Um, and then um, he, he didn't even get uh, an opportunity for um, uh, his own uh, to, to have uh, a skate. Um, so he and his dad went on an outdoor rink. Um, it, it, it's, it's an unfortunate situation and one that Mark Bergevin has to take responsibility for. Uh, he rushed him into the league and, and that, that wasn't, uh, to his benefit Mm-mm. that pushed, uh, uh, Kakinemi along in the, in the entry level contract path, uh, so that he was an RFA sooner than he'd otherwise would have been, um, and and uh, you know, when when his development would catch up with, and his production would catch up, um, and and we have to look at the fact, you, you, as you said, as you correctly said, Mark Bergevin has been on the losing side of of two offer sheets, and and um, you know you can whether you agree with them or not, it, it, that's kind of irrelevant. Uh, the the aim of an offer sheet is to be successful. Um, Mark Bergevin was not successful when he tendered his. Carolina was successful when they tendered theirs. Mark Bergevin on the losing side both times. Also, um, you know, the Canadians, um, I, uh, this has been mentioned before, but I think it's, it's, it's really important to mention again. The Canadians in the last 40 years have had two top three, um, two top three draft picks happened twice in the past 30 years. Um, how do other teams get good? How do other teams get those players uh, that, that lead their teams? They get uh, value out of their, and performance out of their, their when they have the opportunity to, to pick in the top three. The Canadians have had twice in the last 40 years, both under Mark Bergevin's watch, and he's squandered both of those picks, Alex Galchenyuk and Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Uh, that that's that's incompetence, uh, and that is going to stick to Mark Bergevin's uh, legacy. This is Bergevin's last year on his contract. Um, I think it's safe to say he'll be lucky if he finishes out the year. Uh, his, this this year has this this summer has been an absolute nightmare for him. 
Uh, he has been a, a PR department's disaster. And we're not even, we're not even to training camp yet. Um, by the way, I should make a side note. Uh, when you want to look for Kakinyemi to return to the Bell Center, it, you're not going to have to wait long. Mark your calendars for Thursday, October 21st. Uh, not very long into the season, the Hurricanes, the Carolina Hurricanes come to play at the Bell Center uh, against Montreal. So you can bet that that's going to be all eyes on that game. Um, you know, it's it's just it's unfortunate that this is a pattern. We've Rick, we've talked about this pattern for years on the Press Zone podcast and at the AHL report about this organization's inability consistent inability to properly develop their own prospects and then efficiently transition them into the NHL. Um, this is, you know, if it happened occasionally, you could chalk it up to um, there must have been something with the player, whether it was off-ice issues or attitude issues or whatever. But when it happens again and again and again and again, particularly with your first-round picks – that's a systemic issue within the organization. Um, and and this is not encouraging to see Kakanyemi move on to Carolina where he will likely blossom and flourish and develop to the NHL player potential that he that he has within him. Um, it's really unfortunate. Uh, if you're a Nick Suzuki or or particularly a Cole Caulfield fan, you better keep your fingers crossed that you're not seeing a similar kind of disaster being talked about two, three years down the road. So, um, yeah, and, and, and some people will point to the fact that, oh, maybe it's the drafting. It isn't in general. There, the there have been draft mistakes, but in general, it's not the drafting. It's, it's the development, but more, more precisely the transition to the, uh, the NHL level. Um, and that's mostly come from uh, problems with coaching, problems with, with uh, the general manager. Um, and and it's, it's crippled the Canadians because you need your young talent to graduate um, because otherwise you're going to run into cap issues. You, you, can't, you can't be spending your way out of uh, mistakes that you've made. Um, Kakinyemi, I, you know, I, I've admitted I'm, I, I wasn't on the Kakinyemi, few were on the Kakinyemi, uh, train at the draft. Um, but, uh, having said that, I understood why the Canadians picked him, uh, mm -hmm. because they were looking for a center. Now they've, they've, uh, after Mark Bergevin saying that his top two, the top two center positions were locked up. Uh, for a number of years, they've opened that can of worms again, where the Canadians are weak down the middle, um, and and it's um, you know turn, turning away um, uh, to the to the Carolina side. Um, you know, many people are saying that uh, certainly Habs fans that oh now the the now Carolina has a huge problem. They never ne there was a, a Facebook post saying that. Uh, uh oh! Now, now the uh, Carolina Hurricanes are are sorry. They this was just all a bluff. They never wanted to get Kakinami in the first place. It's utter nonsense. No. Uh, Carolina wants this player. They want this player. 
because he has a, a, a pretty unique skill set. And he was the third overall pick in the 2018 draft. He's played over 100 uh, games in the NHL. Only six from that draft have done so. Um, he's been a, a solid playoff performer in the past two playoffs. Um, and and when you look at the uh, the quotes from uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, um, they're t- they're talking about um, the skill set he has and and that he he wasn't able to uh, reach his ceiling in um, mm-hmm. uh, Montreal and they feel they can help him get there uh, and particularly saying the opportunity to acquire players like like this doesn't come along very often uh, that's absolutely true and the Canadians should have understood that that um, that Mark Bergevin has talked about how difficult it is to acquire, uh, you know, uh, top six players, top six uh, centers. Um, yet the Canadians uh, didn't didn't manage that asset very well, and were left in a position uh, where they were going to have to overpay. Again, that's that's Mark Bergevin's um, issue. But 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 is it overpaying? You know, uh, folks saying uh, the the most common. Uh, complaint you hear is uh, the Hurricanes are um, going to be paying six million dollars for uh, a five-goal player last year. Um, they weren't saying that when when uh, Phil Deneau signed, also a five-goal scorer last year, and and Phil Deneau's kind of at you know he isn't uh, getting any better. Uh, he is he's kind of reached his his ceiling. Um, Yes, Barry Kotkaniemi isn't a five-goal player. He's probably a 60 to 65-point uh, player overall once he reaches his, his ceiling. Um, you know, was, was it a reasonable uh, offer? Not in, a, not in a salary negotiation to offer him $6 million, but you have the acquisition cost by the Carolina Hurricanes that they're going to have to overpay to get him. Uh, you, you can't offer a reasonable salary, um, because the team, the, the home team just, uh, just matches it. Um, that's, which is what they did with Ajo. Which the, exactly what they did with Ajo. And it, it was, uh, everyone, everyone knew that, uh, Caroline w- would match. And they, they said so instantly once the offer sheet was made, it was, it was such a feeble, tepid, impotent, uh, offer sheet for Ajo. This one uh, for Jesperi Kotkaniemi was really well structured. Um, it was it, the perfect target at the perfect time, at the perfect level. Uh, a little bit higher, they would have had to uh, throw in an extra second round pick. Uh, this was manageable for them in terms of their assets, in terms of their cap, uh, in terms of their long term vision, which Bergevin doesn't seem to have. And once that happened, once Kotkaniemi was added to the fold, uh, we talked about it in on uh, the the early, the the podcast uh, one fifty three the uh, NHL uh, prospect rankings the pi- pipeline rankings. Well, Corey Pronman went in and updated his rankings, um, and with the Canadians uh, losing Kakinemi, they fell one spot in the rankings from eleventh to twelfth. Uh, with uh, Carolina adding. Uh, Kinyemi, they moved up one spot from third to second overall uh, ranked in the NHL for the value of their prospects. Um, so again, uh, Mark Bergevin 
Mark Bergevin is playing a losing game. And as you say, uh, we are are back to how many times is this carousel going to go round the merry-go-round? We're back to not having any depth at center uh, for for Bergevin and his Canadians. Um, You know, you mentioned how how Waddell and, and the Hurricanes are being very vocal about how how much potential they see in Kotkaniemi and how they feel that they can help him reach that ceiling and help him improve. Those are, you know, you want to, you want to ask questions about or, or be mad at KK because he signed the offer street offer sheet. Well, you tell me if you hear those kinds of things coming from a GM, we think you have a high ceiling. We ha- we think you haven't come close to reaching it yet. We think we can help you get there. We think that Montreal hasn't been serving you correctly. You hear those kinds of things. As compared to Mark Bergevin this summer, this summer, when free agency opened, Mark Bergevin talked about, well, if I'm not able to sign a top six center, then I I guess we're going to have to, to have confidence that Kotkaniemi will be able to be more productive. It's essentially what he said. It's, yeah. What kind of vote of confidence is that from your GM? Where do you want to play hockey? I sure as hell wouldn't want to play for Mark Bergevin if it was, well, if I can't find anything better, I guess I'll, I, I guess I'll get behind cock- the, the, the young Finnish prospect I have. Yeah, that sounds like a really great environment to be in. Um, and now, now you're in a position where you've got really weak depth down the middle again in a very competitive division. We said before we thought that it was going to be a, a pretty dicey uh, guess as to whether or not the Canadians would make the playoffs this year. I now I now think there's no way. There's no way they make the playoffs this year. Uh, I said this to Rick earlier before we started recording. I feel badly for guys like Carey Price because welcome to the rebuild again because that's essentially what you're in. And I feel badly for guys like Nick Suzuki. What kind of pressure do you think this puts on Nick Suzuki? It's not that you're Suzuki KK one and two. It's Suzuki like, oh my gosh, I better have a really, really, really good year this year because there's not a whole lot of production behind me. I just, there's just so many things that it just makes me so angry. Well, I, I looking um, the 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 Canes press release, uh, and and this time uh, it was completely original. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they they said uh, the narrative of revenge has been thrown around a lot this week, but the signing of Kotkaniemi is so much more than that. Um, Eric Tulski is is one of the premier analytics guys and and a, a great hire for the Canes. Uh, they made him um, the assistant general manager. Uh, he would know the 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 metrics of of Kakinami inside out and know why uh, he wasn't uh, achieving uh, the kind of success he had maybe in his first year. Uh, Tulski says. Um, his age and natural skill set suggests a very high ceiling and the opportunity to acquire players like that simply doesn't come often 
very long, uh, come along very often. Yes, Barry is a smart player who sees the ice extremely well. It seems like every time he touches the puck, he puts his team in a better position. Um, assistant general manager Darren York says, when teenagers are thrown into the NHL, <laughs> and and uh, he was rushed. Absolutely, he was rushed. We know that there's going to be peaks and valleys with their development. Despite this, Jesperi consistently showed a high level, high level of hockey sense. He's a smart player. We know that. He sees the ice well. Um, York also says, has said he has the ability to make others around him better while processing the game at a high level. He'll fit right in with our young core and help us to achieve our goals. Sounds like a player they all really wanted. Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't they? Wouldn't you want want him to be playing for your team, Montreal? I would think so. But you completely dissolved the relationship. It made contract negotiations that much more difficult this summer, and it opened the door. It opened the door for first Carolina to try to trade for Kotkaniemi. And when Mark Bergevin was so stubborn and pigheaded that he couldn't come up with a, a, a sweet enough pot to to close the deal on a trade and actually get something of, of some sort of value back for Kakinyemi, then all that was left was for Tom Dundon and Waddell to tender the offer sheet. Um, Carolina wins this all day long. Montreal loses this all day long. And then you go to chapter two an hour later and, you know, the worst kept secret of the week probably was that uh, Christian Dvorak would be coming to Montreal from Arizona. Um, Dvorak's a second round pick from 2014. Uh, he's 25. Uh, he lit it up in junior. He played in the London. Uh, he played for the London Knights with with Matt Kachuk and Mitch Marner. Uh, absolutely dominated at that level. Um, it hasn't necessarily been the case since he has uh, moved to the NHL. Of you know, last season he had thirty one points. Um, and some will say, oh, well, that hey, we'll take thirty one. Po- well, thirty one points at twenty five. Give Yasperi Kakinyemi four more years, and at 25, he's not going to be scoring you 31 points. Um, you know, if you developed him properly, his numbers at, at 25 years old will be vastly surpassing uh, Christian Dvorak. But, um, you know, he's a he's a serviceable bottom six center. Um, I still don't think, Rick, I, I still don't see how this, I mean, it does. it's not even anywhere close to a replacement for what you lost in Kakinyemi. No, I, I, there's there's no question there. You you talk to scouts, and and obviously, uh, Kakinami's ceiling is much higher than uh, Dvorak will, will ever be. Christian Dvorak is a solid third line center on a on a playoff bound team. Mm-hmm. Played second line for uh, Arizona. Um, so the Canadians likely will, because it's what they have, will likely, uh, deploy him as a second line center. That's a little more than, I mean, you know, he'll be fine there. Um, but don't expect any kind of offensive, uh, output. Um, he plays extremely well defensively. Uh, he's a guy that's, that's, that's not very fleet of foot. Um, and, um, it, you know, he's smart. He has good hockey sense. He, he, bl- 
blocks shots. He's great on the the PK, pretty good on faceoffs. Um, but uh, you know, he's he's not going to be uh, the kind of guy who moves the needle. He's he's just not. Um, and you know, it's the hope is that the Canadians would have someone who's developing into that second line center that would displace mm-hmm. Dvorak and put him more properly uh, on the third line. Um, and and the, the the issue for me too, and, and we should say, and and uh, it was Mike Rashel who provided some of the the uh, the charts and and some of the the comparables with being. Matt Molson, we know Matt Molson um, um, is in the AHL now. Kyle Torres, uh, UC Jokinen, um, they, they're not they're not very flattering for Christian Dvorak. Um, but it, what Mark Bergevin, because he was in a jam, because he was in a bind, had to give up is is kind of outrageous. Let's talk um, about overpaying. <laughs> it it is a, an enormous overpayment for for Christian Dvorak. Um, and it's very complicated, and we're not going to go into all the ins and outs and twists and turns and ifs, ands, or buts. On the sixth day, if the moon is rising in Cancer. <laughs> but uh, it's basically a first and a second round pick. Uh, now, I, I, I said even before it happened that uh, teams, and in particular Arizona, because they're smart, uh, are going to target the Canadians' pick because the Canadians will be a worse team than the Canes mm-hmm. this year. And that's exactly what what they did. Um, the other part of this is the Canadians felt it was necessary to uh, lottery uh, lottery protect uh, their pick. Um, if if Mark Bergevin and it's curious because if Mark Bergevin <laughs> was was so confident. Uh, that he was making the team better, that his decisions mm-hmm. were were improving the team. Uh, why would he want to lottery uh, protect the 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 pick? Uh, why is he so worried that the the Canadians are going to be a lottery team next year? Um, now, you know, maybe that's a, maybe that's a good thing in a strong draft, but uh, the Canadians have lottery protected uh, the picks, which is which is. Um, it's just an interesting commentary on on Mark Bergevin and the confidence that he had, or the lack of confidence that he has in the moves that he's made. And and if if you haven't read the details of the trade, as Rick said, it's a little complicated, so we won't go through it all. But it's, it essentially boils down to you know they get that first first round pick, um, but if for some reason one of the, the if for some reason the first round pick ends up being in the top ten. Uh, then, then the pick is going to be the pick that Arizona gets will be the worst of of either Carolina or Montreal. So, ba- as Rick says, you know, a general manager isn't putting in a lottery protection for getting one of the first ten picks of the draft if they think they're going to have at least a playoff qualifying uh, performance where they come in at least you know at at sixteen, fifteen or sixteen. Um, they're not going to do that. So. Yeah, that's a huge vote of confidence from Mark Bergevin that they're going to finish uh, decently low enough in the standings that they could have a potential shot uh, at a at a higher draft lottery placement. In compensation for um, Jesperi Kotkaniemi, they received from uh, the uh, Carolina Hurricanes uh, 2022 draft picks, a first and a third. Um, so the, uh, with respect to the, the first round pick, 
um, that Arizona is going to have the choice of whether they take Carolina's pick or Montreal's first pick. And remember, the draft is in Montreal. Mm -hmm. uh, So the Canadians may end up with a pick uh, that's towards the end of the draft, as long as it's not a lottery pick. Third round pick from Carolina. Uh, Arizona didn't want to have anything to do with that. They're going to take the Canadians' second round pick in the 2024 draft. It's... um it's a lot of... It's rich. It's, it is. And uh, Mark Bergevin was obviously kind of, you know, stepping on hot coals, doing the dance to please how Arizona however he needed to. We talked about this uh, last week, that GMs were going to know that, that Mark Bergevin was going to be in desperation mode this week. And so trades were not going to come easy. He was likely going to overpay if he chose not to match and then chose to take those picks and not sit on them, but instead flip them for a player. And that's exactly what he's done. Uh, Arizona, smart once again. Uh, yeah, the stick tap to Arizona. They've done a phenomenal job in in uh, with the expansion draft and, and uh, the, the work that they've done in the offseason has been phenomenal. It really has. Um and so, uh, I guess we say tip of the hat to Yasperi Kakanyemi. I, you know, it's I'm sad to see him go. I enjoy watching him play for the Montreal Canadiens, but uh, I I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he I hope he has so much success in Carolina, um, and and I hope they take good care of him. Um, it wasn't apparently enough for uh, Mark Bergevin to usurp our entire day on Saturday of the long weekend with this nonsense. But he's also decided that he's not going to talk about letting Kakinyemi walk and trading for Dvorak. He's decided he's not going to do a press conference on that until Monday afternoon. Labor Day. Right on Labor Day. Hmm. So, uh, yay. Yay for that. (laughs) Thanks, Mark. We're glad you don't have a life. Apparently, no one else is allowed to either. Uh, So what we want you to do, um, of course, if you missed um, yesterday's episode of the Canadians Connection hosted by Rick and Chris G, where they kind of set up everything that led up to this whole debacle yesterday, be sure to check that out. That's episode 153 of the Canadians Connection. And then... Make sure you're also subscribed to the Press Zone Montreal, uh, which is hosted by myself and Rick every Tuesday. We will have reaction and analysis of that Mark Bergevin press conference on Tuesday's episode uh, of the Press Zone, uh, as well as uh, special guest uh, and uh, Rocket Sports contributor Patrick Williams will be joining the show for our AHL Hot Stove segment. Uh, In addition to that, be sure you are subscribed to the All Habs YouTube channel at youtube.com slash allhabs. Uh, ben Dankyu will be back on Thursday with another uh, episode, another video of Habs Fan Forum, and he's going to give his reaction from a fan's perspective of this whole mess with Kotkaniemi and him getting uh, sent off to Carolina. Uh, so, Rick, there's uh, plenty of content coming for Habs fans r- surrounding this whole mess because... We know it's a lot to it's a lot to process. There's a lot of emotions, uh, particularly for fans. They feel very strongly one way or another about the player. They feel strongly one way or another about the offer sheet. They feel strongly one way or the other about Mark Bergevin and 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 his decision making. So 
just glad to see that Rocket Sports is is right there with all sorts of content to to feed that hunger all week long. And every day next week, whether it be the Habs Notepad or Habs Headlines, uh, we're going to start looking at uh, now that we have a better idea what the Habs uh, lineup's going to look like. We'll start uh, picking away at that and uh, culminating with uh, next Saturday's episode of the Canadians Connection, episode one fifty four. Tremendous. Well, um, this was fun. This is great. <laughs> this was fun. We'd love to hear what you think. Uh, either drop by the All Habs fan page on, on Facebook or drop a comment on Twitter at All Habs. Uh, let us know how you're feeling about this. Um, you know, it's it's a big deal to lose the third overall pick in such a dramatic fashion. Um, so let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. We love to hit that retweet button and share it with the with the rest of the hockey community as well. Uh, we thank you for being a loyal listener. We hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. Uh, and uh, we will see you again next Saturday for episode 154 of the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.